Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And I know that this is a curse. It's, it's, it's all cyclical. I bring it up. I get talked to about it, which means I have to bring it up again, which means I have to get talked to about it again. But I was offered some constructive criticism by my mother, and I oh, think geez. that we need to kind of go in on it together. Um, she. I always here's the thing: when you say constructive criticism, I'm always scared it's going to be like Alex is playing a character, and I don't like it. It's not who he is. <laughs> I think he. See, I'm always like, here's some constructive criticism. You're just bad at it. Um, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> I, that's it's like, the I don't that I'm like the drop. thing you've been doing for two and a half years. But so can you change that? You don't have to worry because this is purely Craig constructed criticism where she, nice. like, she we were at the dinner table and she like took my hand and was like like she was about to break the news of a death in the family. And she goes, you talk over Alex a lot, and he's very gracious about it, but you run over him a lot, to which I respond with, he gets it better in the edit than I do. <laughs> Dude, I love your mom. With This is staying in the edit. I love your mom dearly. Yes. I love her so much. That being said, I don't even notice. I'm so used to interrupting people in real life that, like, if you interrupt me a little bit on the podcast, I'm like, karma. <laughs> and karma. Andrew was also part of this conversation. And he was like, oh, you don't under Like, <laughs> we talked about the episode where we watched it, where it was you, me, and Andrew. And it's like, hey, you got three people that are either theater kids diagnosed with ADHD or both. And they can't see each other, can't pick up visual clues. And it's like the whole thing is us just shouting into a microphone. So I bring this up not not to, you know, give my mom a hard time. I just thought it was like I knew it would be funny to be like, hey, I understand you're looking out for Alex. I'm looking out for Alex, too. Don't you worry. You got me hooked up in the edit. See, I just don't know because I think an order for me to know how bad it is, I'd need to see both sides of the edit. I need to know what was there and then what you fixed. And because like I don't remember the conversation, when I'm listening to it, I'm like, that sounds about how I heard it. Yeah, so, and, like, so, and what know. usually happens is I will get a thought. And if I do not act on that thought in that very instant, it will disappear. And so what usually happens in the edit is there is <laughs> like three waveforms of me trying to start a sentence realizing you're still talking and then backing off and then trying to interject like three more times like i'll just come back to it i'll come back to it when he's ready <laughs> yeah it's dude recording's hard when we move together which will never happen but when we do and we live in a vicinity and we can both go to the studio wherever that is and we're on video and we're recording and we see each other it'll fix everything yeah everything unfortunately that's never gonna happen yeah yeah it'll fix everything it's crazy how like you know the podcast would never have any problems ever again yeah i mean maybe our problems are our charm i don't know and that's what I'm going to be telling everyone that ever disagrees with me. My problem is my charm. Are you ready to talk about the movie? Yes. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Yeah, let's do it, dude. In week two of Spielberg Spring, we are watching, talking about, analyzing E.T. the Extraterrestrial. 
This movie is 35 years old. Is it 40 years old now? I think it's 40 years old now. Um, if you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, uh, you can skip ahead to this time code right here. Time code, 19 minutes, 40 seconds. Hey, E.T.'s ugly. E.T. Yeah. is E.T. is ugly. Like, I'm glad he's ugly, though. Like, I've seen... This is my first time watching the movie in its entirety. Um, okay. This is my second. And I know what E.T. looks like, so that that didn't, like, catch me by surprise. But at no point was I like, he's sympathetic because he's cute. <laughs> that that yeah. was... It's it's not like a he's baby those, Yoda he's situation. Like one of those babies where they're born and they're really not cute, but because they're a baby, they're cute. Like their mannerisms. I think it's the same thing with E.T. I'm like, his mannerisms are cute because he's learning things, right? He's stumbling over words. He just doesn't understand the world works. That's what makes him cute. It Visually, he just looks like an old mole. Yeah. Like it's not good. However, when you think about it, an attractive alien would be weird. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, did you? How old do you think E.T. is? Well, I was kind of looking up trivia as this movie was going on. And so, like, I read that, like, he's, like, millions of years old and Spielberg treats him more as, like, a plant species than, like, an actual humanoid sentient species and this, that, and the other. Um, What I really walked away from this is, like, I kind of just didn't care about the lore of E.T., like as far as oh, like yeah. as far as where pro- he came from, what his planet was like, why they were here, so not does important. Not does and not matter. This movie had the unfortunate circumstance of being short circuit, but with an alien instead of a robot. Now, yep. short circuit came out after this movie, so really, short circuit is just ET with a robot. But yes. I watched Short Circuit first, and everything I saw in this movie was like, oh, this I've already seen this in Short Circuit. Which, again, not this movie's fault. Just kind of how the dice yeah. rolled. And um, I'm the opposite. I've watched Short Circuit 2 only for this podcast. So I haven't seen the original. So everything is derivative of E.T. That being said, I watched this movie for the first time when I was... Like, we had it on tape at the house. So I'd watched it a bunch of times, like, broken up. But I remember being in, like, sixth grade be like i'm gonna sit down and watch this movie and i was bored out of my mind until the third act yeah and i watched it now and i was bored out of my mind until the third act this movie's freaking boring the third act does it gets a little wacky and crazy and wild um when when there's a death and then a resurrection that's when the movie gets good yeah, so this movie, like I said, you know, if you need a plot recap at this point, I've already given it. It's short circuit, but with an <laughs> alien. Um, an alien gets left behind. Like, that's the thing is, like, you can look into, like, the lore for a bunch of this stuff. Like, if you look this movie up on Wikipedia, it tells you that, like, E.T. was part of an exploration mission. And he wandered off too far from his ship. And they thought that he was dead so they left without him and i'm like i don't care about any of that stuff what it comes down to is et was left behind a little boy adopts him has to hide him from the world and then hey guess what the world finds out otherwise this wouldn't be a movie um dude yeah it's a simple premise I want to give it the benefit of the doubt because the movie's older that was probably one of the first yeah Um, i'm giving this people it is a classic yeah like people love this movie it's referenced all the time I've been giving this movie a lot of crap. It is 
it is very charming in that like 80s kids movie kind of way right and what i realize is like kids don't get written like this anymore and i'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing but like kids in 80s movies are like way more blunt i feel like you know there's still like a childlike charm to them i feel like kids in modern movies are either written with like pure innocence or pure cynicism um and 80s kids yeah, that's kinda... when you get movies where like the kids swear non-stop yeah because they're just like kids these days they're different and so one might argue that this is a more realistic interpretation of children um whether or not it makes it a better movie is you know uh, that's up to your own decision um what i did not like though maybe the worst scene that i've seen in cinema in a very long time and i don't mean just like bad i just didn't like it is when drew barrymore who plays like a four-year-old in this movie when she meets et there's like 45 seconds of like nonstop screaming volley yep. between Drew Barrymore and E.T. Just she screams, he screams, she screams, he screams. And it's that blood curdling four year old scream that just rips apart your eardrums. And it makes that whole scene just way less endearing. It's not funny. It just hurts. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff on Drew Barrymore. I mean, she's a baby in this. She's young, like what? Yeah, six? Listen, I am seven? not criticizing her acting at all. I am not coming for her like that. Yeah. That's stupid. But like, she didn't know her lines. They're like, there was a serious problem with like, you know, she's a kid who's acting. Yeah. You know, so there's a couple scenes where I'm like, oh, this kid's not acting at all. She's reading. Sure. Or she's looking off screen and someone's mouthing the lines. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever. You know, that's besides the point. I will say special effects wise, E.T. doesn't look realistic, but it was it's better than what I could have done. Yeah. What is good about this is that it's incredibly consistent. Um, yes. At no point am I like, why does he look like this now? Um, it, mm. it, it's very consistent and... Um, I w was actually surprised to find out that there was um, somebody in a suit for this. I kind of expected it to be like puppeteered. Um, yeah. But the movement of having somebody in a suit definitely makes this way more fluid and emotional than puppeteering would have, especially like, you know, at this point. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm sorry. I keep getting distracted because I'm on the IMDb page for E.T. And for some reason... It's showing a compilation of 80s horror movies and it's lumping E.T. in with them. So I'm watching scenes of like The Conjuring and The Exorcist and E.T. and oh, nice. The Shining. And I'm like, this is you did this wrong. IMDb. I'm sorry. Um, uh, anyways, this movie got nominated for nine Oscars. One four. None of them are acting Oscars. However, Elliot, played by Henry Thomas, did an amazing job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was impressive this kid had crying scenes i everything was so believable um to be honest he's like the only character i cared about he got an older brother that's pretty cool i liked him um drew barrymore's the younger sister gertie couldn't care less and then there's a bunch of boys who just show up out of nowhere most of the time <laughs> yeah it's like here are nondescript neighborhood kids who have three lines and i'm like cool don't know their names i don't know who these people are i don't recognize their faces and i think one of them is a brother 
it is so inconsequential, like their genuine relationship. But there is kind of like this, like, I, I say that, but there is some genuine good, like, brotherness moments in it. Like, when Elliot just thinks, is like, he's like, there's this disembodied voice. There's this goblin. We have to find it. Everyone teases him and makes fun of him because he's eight years old. And that's what you do to eight year olds that hear things. Um, but then when E.T. like actually becomes part of the family, like the kids do a very good job at being like, E.T. is in trouble. We need to find him. It's important that we find E.T., but this is also important to Elliot. So if we don't, Mm -hmm. at the very least, we need to at least try for Elliot. And like, that is a level of camaraderie that I respected a lot. Uh, Yeah. I also liked how like, let's get people involved who can help. Like Elliot was introducing me like swear you're not gonna tell anybody, you're gonna help me out. And he they got other people involved, just not adults. And now yeah. this movie was freaking boring. And let me tell you why. <laughs> because there's a scene after like he tries to contact I mean, even that is boring. When he's trying to contact the ship, the whole phone home thing, I'm like, okay, whatever. After like Elliot's been faking sick, that whole part boring up until like et gets found out nothing of consequence happens like nothing it's very boring is i I just want to say that it's okay for movies to not always have consequence sometimes it's fine for a movie to just be fun to just kind of like let it do its own thing the only problem is we i think are not in the demographic or generation to fully appreciate the fun that this movie was trying to have. Yeah, probably. I don't think we're impressed also because we can see better now. So just looking at E.T. is not entertainment for us. I will say. Like watch. Yeah. There is a scene that makes me wonder, like this movie is just scary enough to not be a kid's movie. Um, Like Willow was terrified of E.T. Yeah, I bet. I'm not surprised. Um, towards the end of it, like when he could, when, it, when the cool start started happening, when there was a bike race or bike escape and E.T. was making people fly, that's when she was on board. But when he's just like a troll, kind of scary. And there's a scene when we haven't like fully seen E.T. yet. And Elliot is like trying to lead E.T. up to his room with Reese's Pieces and There's a shot where, like, we're looking down the hallway, and the hallway has stairs off to the side. And we see E.T.'s gremlin, scrawny little bone hands, like, reach from the side of the stairs and, like, claw at the carpet to get some Reese's Pieces. Like, that was kind of scary. And if I had seen that when I was, like, seven, I would have been like, excuse me, mother, I would like to not watch this movie anymore and maybe change my pants. Um, because this movie is just filled with, like, little, like, creepy scenes like that. And also, during the third act of the movie, um, E.T.'s dying, and hey, guess what? That's not fun to look at. Yeah. He's, like, going cold. Also, like, the kid and him have formed a symbiotic relationship. Where, like, when he's sick, Elliot's sick, and then they both almost die, and then he, like, gives Elliot back his life force, and then he fully dies. It's, I mean... It's pretty weird, but not weird for an alien movie. Yeah, there's definitely some like deeper sci-fi that you could look into if you wanted to. I just don't want to. Um, the one part that I thought was weird was when that scientist kind of like pulls Elliot aside and was like, "Hey, 
I've been waiting for E.T. for 10 years, and he chose you. And you know what? I'm happy that he chose you because I wasn't ready yet. And Dude, I'm like, that was so weird. Because so it weird. didn't make any sense, right? Like, It's like, why are you being nice? Can you just be a professional? And instead, he's like helping him out. He goes, can we clear the room? Can we give the kid a minute? I'm like, what? Was, th- was that supposed to be like a ploy to get him to trust him? Or was or was a scientist genuinely have alien contact 10 years ago that like we just kind of have to take on faith? This felt like the um, when I was your age, I believed in whatever. But I'm an adult now and I don't believe in that anymore. But you can still see him. Let me help you do it. It gave that kind of vibe. Yeah. And it also that guy came out of nowhere. Re- he like, really did. never met him before. It that the, his character was confusing, and I thought I wasn't paying attention because he got introduced, and it was very familiar, and I was confused. Were you confused? I was very confused. Okay. Were you not? Everybody I was, was confused. confused. I think I think we were all a little confused. I just think <laughs> I'm glad I watched it. Man, I really just looked at the clock and I thought we'd been talking about this movie for longer than we had. <laughs> 15 minutes. We've been talking about this movie for 15 minutes. And I was ready to just wrap it up. Like, all right. Um, no, let's wrap it up, dude. Okay. I don't, I don't care about this movie. It's fine, right? There's yeah. no reason to show this movie to your kid unless they're like into it. You know, it's not like out of the realm of possibilities. Like if you had a kid that was like, I want to watch a family friendly alien movie. Like, sure. This one's like, you might be bored. They might get scared, but like, it's not imperfect. Like it's, it's imperfect, but not invalid. Um, as an adult watching it by myself, it was really nothing more than like a pop culture catch up. I hadn't seen this movie. It's It's been out for 40 years. Everyone. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone else has seen it. I want to get the references. I mean, it's what everybody talks about. Talks about. It's Spielberg, one yeah. of the greats, top five directors all time. So it, it definitely feels like something you should watch. I'm in the same boat. Guess what? I'm not watching it again. This is my second time watching it, and it, I now have confirmed boring. <laughs> it, it's confirmed boring. Boring does not mean bad. It means I had to be on my phone at least half the time. <laughs> now um, willow thought it was super interesting this is good i i don't know who this is what's the demo for this outside of the people who watch it for nostalgia and remember what it was like when it came out who should watch this so i'm giving it th- the respectful flat six okay six and a quarter baby yeah nothing is aggressively wrong with this movie it's just not for me at this point yeah i think it the story makes sense I think the plot holds up. I think the acting is passable. Some people are good. Some people are not good. I think it it all makes sense. There are cool elements. There are cool scenes. Like I said, the whole third act is cool. I liked it. But like, it's it's just a movie that's been around for a while. And it's not bad. I would say it holds up in the fact that there's nothing offensive. And there's nothing like blatantly bad. It's just a movie. Um. Yeah. All right. Case closed. Chop that one up. We're good. We're moving on. Yeah. Um, go into our improv cool. segment. Alex, this <laughs> this is a segment that has the potential to go off the rails fast. Okay? We got to be on our game for this one. Gotcha. This one's called Freestyle, and it's exactly what you think it is. Um, is. We're just going to do a scene, and our lines need to rhyme. No. Um, <laughs> oh, no. 
Okay. You Are we ha- rhyming with the other person or just rhyming with ourselves? I, when I envisioned it, it was rhyming with ourselves. Okay. Because I think that would be a little bit easier. Um, it's not like you say a sentence, I rhyme with your sentence, you rhyme with my sentence. Correct. And just go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. This so, is very similar to a rap battle we're about to have. But I'm not. I'm going to say let's not worry about keeping it in rhythm. Don't worry about it's, syllabic We're still telling stress. a story. Yes. But as far as dialogue goes, More the last sh- words yeah. have to rhyme. Yeah. More Shakespearean than rap battle. Freaking... We're going to be doing. <laughs> this Not to say that Shakespeare. Maybe that was a bad example because Shakespeare was famous for his syllabic stress. <laughs> it just made me think of like poetry. Like we're doing we're going to be speaking poetry, slam poetry, possibly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had one in mind. Um, I had a scene. So you are a mugger and you are trying to rob me and I am. Uh, a college philosophy professor and i'm trying to like talk you down i cannot tell you right now how stressed i am (laughs) okay uh there's no way this is going to be hilarious it is not going to be enjoyable to do (laughs) i don't like looking like an idiot but it's unavoidable (laughs) I'm, the first thing that comes to my mind, money and honey. Now, let me tell you, when you rob somebody, you can't call them honey. <laughs> you can't do it. Um, I mean, here we go. This is just going to be hilarious. Hey, man, you got to give me your cash. I only rob people with a mustache. Whoa, careful with that gun. You wouldn't want to make us lose a lot of fun. Lose a lot of fun? If you're not careful... You're going to be done. Now, listen here. I understand you're stressed, but if you shoot me now, you'll make a real big mess. I'm not worried about killing you. I'm here to rob you. And if you talk anymore, I might even shoot you. I understand that that is what's on the table, but may I interest you instead with this long fable? I'm not interested in a lesson, Professor. At the very least, I don't need another stressor. I think that you might have me mixed up. With someone that's like your homeboy who's willing to say, sup. Listen, I see you have a nice wallet and I think that's a sweet watch. Now, please get me out of here because my wife needs a new swatch. You got there in the end. You were a little confused. It's a thing. And I'm like, what runs with watch? Swatch. Interesting. How are we going to make this happen? You got there in the end. You seem a little confused, but just give this all up. I know it's one big ruse. Listen, I'm not in the mood to kill, but if you waste any more time, I swear I will. Now, look inside your heart and tell me what you see. When you think of all your actions, is this who you want to be? I don't think you understand. I've already been to prison. If I have to go back, I'll. I'm okay in the system. You may think you are, but... Look at the world around you. Is is submitting to your darkest desires the greatest thing to do? Listen, I'm sick and tired of this, and it's dark out. There's no sun. I'm over it. I'm done. Time to cock the gun. We definitely found our flow. After a disastrous start, I think we found our footing. <laughs> Until you rhymed you with you three times in the same line. Dude, you have but... to do what you have to do. <laughs> to be honest, that's what I should have said. That's literally what I should have said. 
I sh- don't want to shoot you, but you have to do what you have to do. It's one of those things that I pulled a Lil Wayne every once in a while. If the flow is right, just rhyme the same word with the same word. Um, <laughs> Listen, that is uh one of those scenes that you were ready to get out of there fast. I could have gone a little longer. You I just- know. <laughs> when I understood that I'm just there to rob you and you're trying to teach me a lesson, my side gets boring fast. Okay. I keep going like, okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to rob you, trying to rob you, trying to rob you. But it is what it is. Do okay. you want to do another? Nah. Or should we jump into our middle segment? Let's just jump into our middle segment. We had our fun. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we introduced it last week. I told you what it was about in the in the beginning and end of the podcast. We're doing a Brack Boys snack edition, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we got into it- this big debate on like what the most universal snack is. And I think we know the answer going into it. But now we're going to do objective scientific research. Right. There's a couple tricky things. So we wanted to not include candy. So candy doesn't count. Um, Desserts don't count. And there's a lot of food mixtures and combinations. Like, for instance, like uh, apples and caramel. Or I know people like uh, vegetables and ranch. Or they everyone and their mother dips something in peanut butter. None of that counts. We're doing things that you can buy from the store, and that's how you eat them. Um, we're also going to completely ignore brands except for Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its is the only brand. Oh, I guess Oreos. But that's kind of like, what's that word for when in, it becomes the whole thing? I know that, yeah, like I don't Kleenex know what the word is. is in tissue. Band-Aids, yeah. Yeah, so Oreos is just cookie with cream in the middle cheese is obviously cheese crackers um we're also doing cheetos but that's cheese puffs um and then we're doing no brand specifics for potato chips it's just going to be generic potato chips put in lays put in pringles whatever i know they're all good and they're various amounts of good we're just gonna have to find the median hey you are justifying this list way too much hey guys it's a bracket of snacks. this is one of those first ones that people are people are going to be playing this at home and they're going to be upset with us. And although our audience doesn't usually reach out, a lot of my family members listen and a lot of your family members listen. They have my number. I don't <laughs> want calls over this one. So I'm kind of explaining myself. Now, the seeds are completely, they're not completely random, but um, we've organized them by category. So our team in the north right now is pretzels and popcorn. Our team in the south is Oreos versus trail mix. Our team in the east is Cheez-Its and Cheetos. They might be flaming Hot. We're not sure. And our team in the West is barbecue potato chips and regular potato chips. Each region will, you know, go against each other. Then the North and South will battle, East and West will battle, and then we'll have a championship round. Now, Craig, for our first one, pretzels, popcorn. This one's- As a snack food. Actually tougher than I thought it was going to be. This is hard. Like- I'm a ride or die for popcorn. So, yeah, so am I. Now, if we're talking like pure snack, like if we're talking about it as a snack, right? Like at home, I'm like, what could I go for? Pretzel is going to win, but that's mostly out of accessibility. It's just accessible. Exactly. It's just like it's available right now. There are no extra steps besides opening the bag. And However, let's say like people come over though. Uh, should we compare the best? So the best pretzels can't beat the best popcorn. It's impossible. Correct. And, and if I had people coming over, I'd impress them with good popcorn before I impress them with good pretzels. Even if I break out soft pretzels with like nacho cheese, that's pretty crazy. 
if I pulled out movie theater popcorn, I think people would love me. The Here's what I'm going to say me. is okay. I think we need to approach this from the accessible angle, right? Pretzels, almost always, you open the bag, you're good. There, You can buy popcorn that is already popped in the bag. Usually it's a cheesy popcorn or like a flavored that's popcorn. That's crazy, though. I think if we're going to, let's, do, let's just do microwave popcorn then. Okay. Because that's Be- like, that's... 90% of America, 99 Because America. those bagged popcorns are not good. They're bad. I fight people. I'm like, I love popcorn. They're like, sweet, let me get it. And they just pull out a bag. I'm like, oh, no, no. I don't like, no. See, it's like painful for me. Because it's like, I love popcorn so much, I can't have bad popcorn. You know what I mean? It's not like I love popcorn so much, I'll eat anything. It's like, I love it so much, I have standards. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, the thing so is, I think it has to be microwave popcorn. Okay. Which does not solve the original debate. <laughs> we, solved, I, we solved an extra debate that we did not originally have. Um, uh, dude, I love both of these. To be honest, this is like a one seed going against the two seed. Yeah. Um, here's okay. Here's I what I'm going to go say popcorn, is yeah. pretzels. Because I, my heart also wants to say pretzel or uh, popcorn. I'm trying yeah. to give pe- what what am I doing? Okay, pretzels is a snack. Yeah, and the definition of snack, popcorn is easily elevated to something like a treat. Like let's let's make it in an event. And so here's what I'll say is that you are not going to pop a bag of popcorn and and have like half a bag to hold you over until dinner. Right. You have popcorn while watching something. You have popcorn, you know, at a party like it is part of something. If if it's three o'clock and I need to wait until five thirty to until I'm ready to go to dinner, like I'll have some pretzels and that's good enough. Um, yeah. So I think just in terms of like the purpose that as a pure snack, it serves I think it has to be the pretzel. As much as I would love for it to be the popcorn, um, the microwave popcorn also has a lot of room for error. I think that, um, you know, we talk about the best popcorn versus the best pretzels. I think that popcorn brands vary wildly. Yes, that's fair. So I'm I just think like that- sad. Popcorn's getting go- Here's the thing. I don't, dude, popcorn needs to win something. <laughs> I understand it might not be able to win snack food, but it can't, I guess it would win movie theater yeah. food, but that's like a gimme, you well, know? That's a home game. Popcorn definitely goes in like the top three. But it's about to get eliminated in the first round. Okay, and who built the bracket? I'm trying to, here's the thing, <laughs> everything else is related to everything. Here's, it was the salty food section. The north is the salty foods. The south is the sweet foods. The east is the cheese food, and the west is the chips. Hey guys, I'm we about have to, to throw speed together run a consolation the bracket. Of grief, so that way we can move on to the next bracket. You might want to buckle be, in for a little here's bit. Here's what we'll do. We'll we'll take out popcorn, but it's gonna face the champion again. It's the number one contender. So when when we're all done, it, whatever we pick has to answer to popcorn. Okay. And I just hope and pray it's not pretzels. <laughs> if this gets us to the next round, sure. Okay. In the South, Oreos versus trail mix. I do not like Oreos the the older I get. I think 
I don't know if it's like a richness to them, but like I will eat like this is not an exaggeration. I will have half an Oreo and be like, that's enough. I'm content. That's insane. It is. I I hit that too, but like at five. Because as a kid, you know, you down those things like they're nothing. Oh, well, kids brag about how many sleeves. Yeah. Which is insane. <laughs> like, my mom usually has, like, a packet of Oreos. Like, she'll cook with them. She'll make, like, desserts that have Oreos as an ingredient. And, like, I used to, like, steal a few of them. I don't anymore because I'll take three out of the package, eat one, and be like, what am I going to do with the other two? However, I'm a big Oreos and milk. Milk is the palate cleanser for you to get in more. Trail mix. Here's the thing with trail mix, right? What's the main ingredients? It's going to be M&M's, peanuts, peanuts raisins, raisins, cashews if you're fancy. Yeah. Half those things are edible. Because mm, when I eat here's trail the thing, mix. As an adult, I'm not mad at raisins anymore. But as a kid, I would say and kids eat more snack foods than anybody. Half of it's edible. You're like, I'm not here for these regular peanuts. I'm here for the M&M's, and that might just be what they're there for. <laughs> um, as an adult, I am definitely... I still don't like raisins, but I also don't like almonds. So if we have a trail mix that's almonds, raisins, peanuts, cashews, M&M's, we have upped our percentage to 60%, which right. does not speak Would, okay. greatly so, for the favor of trail mix. But um, All right, so right now Oreos is beating trail mix. Does Oreos still beat... Chex Mix. No. Oh, God, no. No. Okay. I think Trail Mix is going to pull a last minute sub and uh, Chex Mix is coming in. Yeah. Chex Mix I think Chex Mix is the, is the better snack food. And I'm, I think Chex Mix moves on. Yeah. I think that's a very good decision. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because at, at parties, Chex Mix is in a bowl. So is Trail Mix. Chex Mix gets destroyed, bro. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, might one have thing some I don't problems like in there. with that, like, rye bread slice that they throw in there. But Oh, that's my favorite part. Okay. I don't like that little, like, bread thing. The little breadstick? The, the little <laughs> breadstick, that little beige cracker thing. That's horrible. Everything else is amazing. Okay. I love everything else. I think, yeah, I think Chex Mix is a better snack food than Trail Mix anyway. And it beats Oreos. And I also think Chex Mix that is with Chex Mix. I also think that with Chex Mix, with Trail Mix, you, everybody doesn't like two or three of the item. With Chex Mix, everybody eats all of it. Like, yes. you, like there, there might be some things that you have to put up with, but you're going to eat the whole thing. Also, Trail Mix has like a demographic. It's the same people who buy beef jerky. Yeah. Okay. Chex You're getting Mix a cliff bar. Is the everyman's. Yeah. It. Those are the people who want to go hiking or they're like we're going to be out in the wilderness for a while. I need this for calories. Those this are is my grandma mix. who doesn't do any of these things but still has right. trail mix. It's Chex Mix is better. It's it's getting out of the south without even being in the bracket. <laughs> what do we have next? All right. In the east, we have Cheez-Its versus Cheetos. Okay. Now, are you a flaming hot guy or not? I am not. Now. Okay, I am. So let's just put in in your mind in this versus put in your preferred one. That's what's going up against Cheetos. So this is another one of those snacks that has changed with time. Cheetos, like you couldn't get me away from Cheetos. It was like they were my go-to snack. My grandparents still mm -hmm. give me a bag of Cheetos. Every year for Christmas as a stocking stuff. Um, they found out what my favorite food was when I was eight and have not deviated. Um, yeah. And so like a bag of Cheetos puffs, like they still hit. 
Don't get me wrong. We come back to the accessibility problem. Do I want stuff on my fingers? At all times. And Yeah. If are... I'm playing video games, Cheez-Its wipes the floor with Cheetos. And I have a white controller. I'm talking about Cheetos this much because I'm going to vote for Cheez-Its and Cheez-Its will have its time in later rounds. Um, because I'm going I, Cheez-Its as well. We talked about this last week because yeah. it was a pretzels versus Cheez-Its and people freaking love Cheez-Its, which is wild. But Cheez-Its is amazing. I have, I only get the family size. So I, and I love Flamin' Hot. Flamin' Hot is my preferred. It's just a time and a place thing. You got to be in the mood for it. Cheez-Its yeah. is like, I have room in my stomach and I feel like filling it. I'll have Cheez-Its. Now, I think Cheetos are a great kid snack. I think as an adult, we have to look at it and be like, like you said, time and a place. Yeah, it's just it's not a gr- it's not an all around snack, and that's what we're looking for. It's highly specialized because kids are gonna be messy anyway. May as well let them have the cheese fingers. Yeah. All right. So the next one, we're doing potato chips. I have it between barbecue potato chips and regular potato chips. I'm gonna offer an alternate as well. We can just ignore the flavor and do regular chips against kettle chips in whatever flavor you oh, prefer. Oh, interesting. So I want to talk about the regular versus barbecue for a second. And okay. the, the problem I have with regular versus barbecue is there's a million flavors. I think those barbecue is hands down the number one, but like sour cream comes up pretty fast. People love dill. People love salt and vinegar. People love just spicy chips in general. People love chips with a hint of lime. I don't know. And so... This kind of goes back to like us talking about the best of both, because I think I agree the best barbecue outweighs the best regular, but there are so many bad barbecue brands. Like it's like Jay, I'm going to name drop Jay's worst barbecue brand. Jay's has the worst barbecue flavor. Jay's has a bad barbecue flavor. Pringles has a bad barbecue flavor. Like, yep. it is not also, universal. Dude, yeah, it is the best flavor though. Uh, if it has to not be reg, if it has to not be regular, and you have to add flavoring, barbecue is the best one. Sure. Yeah. Um, I know people also lose their mind for like cheese. I hate cheese flavor. If you're adding something that has regular, like if there was it's. And then they came off with a spinoff, Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its would suck because <laughs> it exists. And because potato chips exist, cheesy potato chips is a horrible idea. And I will never eat it. So that being said, kettle chips, I think, do a better job at having you eat less of them. Yes. And that crunch is extremely satisfying because regular potato chips they they have maybe the most snackable flow to it it is so easy to eat chips one after another but kettle chips i think i don't know what it is about them i don't know if they're just like rich in flavor but they slow you down and like i I can have fewer of them and be more satisfied. Maybe it's because they're more expensive and come in a smaller bag. So I have to force (laughs) myself to ration them. Um, But there is definitely an appeal to the kettle chips. I'm a kettle chip guy. It makes you feel like an old man. It's like the, when you're a kid, I feel like everyone leans towards jelly. And as you get older, we're like, oh, dude, peanut butter is better than jelly. Oh, sure. Um, and I think we've talked about this before. So now I feel like as a kid, you're like, oh, regular is better. I can eat more. It tastes good. And as you get older, you're like, 
I'm a man of refined taste. Kettle chips is where it's at. My mom used to love kettle chips. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And now I get it. Hey, what is Are we are we gonna pick kettle, dude? What is the brand of kettle chips? I don't know, but I always I can always recognize the bag. Yeah, because it's it, the Cape Cod kettle chips. It's that like thick container. It just the bags feel thicker. But it's crazy. so the the bag that you're thinking of is the Cape Cod kettle bag. And I don't think it, they're the ones that do that, but yeah. And it's the um or maybe, uh, the reason why I ask is because at my store, there's really only the one brand. It has the lighthouse on it and all that. Like, that is the Lay's of kettle chips. And okay. it's, it's kind of crazy. Also, there's a kettle brand, which I've seen a lot. Too. Oh, okay. Same kind of packaging. You can literally just look up kettle brand potato chips. Slaps. So, But I think Cape Cod might be the McDonald's of them. Yeah. So I was just kind of curious. I, just, I didn't have anywhere to go with it. I just wanted to bring them up. Uh, free I promo, think we should put I guess. kettle up there. I think we and should if, too. And for everyone in the crowd who's talking about chips, why isn't tortilla in there? Because tortilla needs something else. It needs cheese for nachos. It needs salsa. Yes, you can eat it by itself. It's not the same. It's really not. That's weird. It's a, it's one of those combo foods we talked about. If we do a combo bracket, boys, we'll include chips and salsa. The only tortilla think- chips that you can eat just tortilla chips is the Chili's appetizer tortilla chips. I will explain no further. We must carry on. Yeah, bro. Have you ever met those people who are like, oh, dude, we ran out of chips. Time to break out scoops with no dip. We're going to eat scoops tortilla chips with no dip. Dude, It's it slices up your mouth because there's no... There's nothing in it to soften it, and it's all at the weird angles. You just walk around looking like the Joker. All right. We're moving on. Let's do the East versus the West because we just did it and it's fresh in our minds. Cheez-Its versus kettle chips. I mean, we know it's Cheez-Its, right? We know it's Cheez-Its. Um, but it hurts me to, because right now, in the mood I'm in right now, I'm leaning towards kettle chips. We just fought for kettle chips. We yeah. We went tooth and nail for kettle chips. Like We are swinging for kettle chips. But we also have to understand that Cheez-Its are better. They're so good. <laughs> also, they get better. Oven-baked Cheez-Its are incredible. They got that little extra crisp. For some reason, the chips, I don't think they're actually oven-baked, but like they're just darker. They're like, oh, they might be called toasted. They're I'm extra sure. toasty. It's, dude, they reinvented the wheel and, and made it better. Here's the one that kind of surprised me is they have one that's just big. They didn't do anything else to the, the cracker except make it yeah. bigger. And you know what? It tastes better. I don't know why, dude. but the bigger cracker I am also on board with. Cheez-Its are so good. Here's the thing. Of the final four, we have pretzels, um, Chex Mix, uh, Cheez-Its, and kettle chips. All of these, bangers. If you have bangers. Them, If you have bowls at your party, have one of these four. No one's disappointed. So now we're, at this point, we're picking, we're, what is it, picking hairs, plucking hairs, picking, grasping at straws. What am I doing? I'm, when you get super I'm specific. letting you flounder. This is the it's, fun it's part It's one of those things me. where you get super specific at this point where there's a there's a word. There's yeah, a phrase for there is. <laughs> at this point, we are splitting hairs. That's what it is. We're that splitting hairs. Um, I'm <laughs> English is not my first language. Uh, Cheez-Its is going to be the winner of that one. 
So pretzels, Chex Mix. This one is surprisingly difficult. Yes. Because we, again, we went to bet for because Chex here's Mix the thing. pretty hard. Chex Mix has pretzels in it. You're right. But the, However, but the pretzels they are- do not compete with standalone pretzels. Yeah. They are not the same. There's like very little salt and they're often powdery. So I agree and I have no follow-up thought. Pretzels can move on. <laughs> I think pretzels wins. And I'll say this. I think it's because Chex Mix is almost exclusively the party snack. Yes. A lot of people just don't eat Chex Mix by themselves. Now I do every once in a while. It's not often, but I have done it just me. But it's like the party snack. People just buy pretzels to snack. And I think that's what brings it ahead. We knew so, it we knew it came down to this. We knew it was gonna come down to this. And, and I thought Bracket Boys was gonna help. We it spent twenty five minutes <laughs> just reaffirming what we already knew. <laughs> um who this one's tough. <laughs> I thought one of these was gonna be eliminated <laughs> before we got here. Um, here's what I'm going to say. I have been living on my own effectively for like two years now, right? I've lived on my own before, but in the last two years that I've lived by myself, I have almost every time I go to the grocery store, I pick up Cheez-Its. I have all, I cannot remember the last time I bought a bag of pretzels. I buy both every single week. I will say when, um... While I beat up my mic, I think more people eat pretzels and Cheez-Its. I agree. I also think, and this is where it gets to be a hot take, Cheez-Its you eat by themselves. Pretzels are often combined with other things. See Chex Mix, see Dipped, which is a brand that purely combines pretzels with other things. And I love it. Um, Yeah, big fan. I mean, it just gets combined with other things. Like we said, soft pretzels get combined with, you know, but do we have to, but do we have to respect the versatility? Do we respect the versatility or do we judge it for not being able to stand alone like Cheez-Its does? Because are we a fan of team players or are we a fan of all stars? Okay. So here's what we're, you know what? (sighs) This is what it comes down to, right? I, there have been many brands and products that try to infuse Cheez-Its in their thing. Like some sort of like fast food will make like a like a Cheez-It pizza or some BS like that. Right? That's not uncommon. And it's always right. bad. Yes. So this pretzels has the ability to be a team player when they want to. They don't always have to be though. Cheez-Its. Also, pretzels is not a brand. Correct. Pretzels is made by everybody. Cheez-Its is better than the knockoffs, although some of the knockoffs are pretty good. But Cheez-Its in itself has a recipe, has ingredients to stand by. Pretzels is the everyman, and it goes with many things. Yeah. It's versatile. So I think, by that logic, I think we have to choose pretzels. But here's the thing. Here's what's making me question. (laughs) Cheez-Its, you know what you get. Pretzels, bro, there's too many kinds. You, do, you have to make sure you buy the good ones. Or often they're not bad. I've had a couple that have like too much baking soda, like fluffy, and I don't like that. And some of them are too salty. Most of the time you get something okay, but you know what the good brands are. Also, I'm not a fan of, dude, I'm going to go out on a limb right now. Whoever gets pretzels in sticks, pretzel has a pretzel shape. Don't get sticks, period. If you have to get sticks... If you have to, make sure they're the ones that are like 10 inches long and you dip them in chocolate. Don't get the small ones in the little gallon bag. That's crazy. So here's what I'll say. Pretzel sticks. Yes, I agree with you. 
pretzel rods are good. Fire. Fire, dude. That's what I'm saying. First of all, I used to smoke them like a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was a gangster. I, dude, it hurts me. It does. To say, because Cheez-Its is not a loser. No, by no means. Just the second winner. And here we are, back from where we started. (laughs) Popcorn. (laughs) Going to bat against Pretzel. We just, you know, gave them a highlight reel of an argument. Our that being said, ability to spend 30 minutes <laughs> to make absolutely no progress. We started this segment arguing about pretzels and popcorn. And here we are again with your stupid sentiment being like, whoever wins has to go against popcorn. And I'm like, Alex, you and I both know it's a 50-50 chance that it's going to be pretzels again. So Dude, 30 minutes say- ago. we're having the exact same conversation here's the thing here's the thing on any given day i'd prefer i'd prefer popcorn every any day any day i will prefer popcorn over pretzels the problem is the preparation yeah so let's is a snack food something that takes no prep and you can eat it briefly when you don't have time to prepare for a meal or is it something that is smaller than a meal is it a proportion thing or is it a time thing? Because if it's a proportion thing, then popcorn wins. It's just about eating less than a meal. Then, yeah, popcorn beats pretzel. If it's about time spent because you don't have time for a meal, then it's got to be pretzels. Popcorn with no prep, we talked about earlier, sucks. You need time to prep it to make it amazing. I think it's got to be pretzels. And that I feel like I just stabbed my brother in the back. I know, right? It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> I feel horrible about it. Yeah. Because, yeah, popcorn really is like an event food, and it's hard to like yeah. separate it from that. It's not for the everyday, even though you can have it every day. But the more time you put into it, the better it tastes. Like if I have the popcorn machine at my house, people who go to the movie theater go there, and that's when they have popcorn because that's the good stuff. People go that's to the movie theater to buy a tub of popcorn and then walk out of the building. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, I was with, with you. you. <laughs> so it's one of those things that like it's more work and it's better but it's not what a snack food is because so, a snack food that you buy in a bag can't hold a candle to pretzels i do not want this to be a question that we spend a long time debating i'm just curious what is your preferred snack form of pretzel i will start mine is the thin twists I like them lanky and I like them very salty. So that's my preferred is when they're like that kind of like mid-sized thin twist. I like the pretzel shape um, a little bit saltier than normal. And I usually have a bag of chocolate chips and I do one pretzel, chocolate chip, one pretzel, chocolate chip, or I do three pretzels, get my mouth nice and salty, then like two chocolate chips. If I can't do that, having just a bag of pretzels next to me while we're playing video games, amazing, doesn't. You know, mess up your fingertips, get any grime or residue on. You can just go right back to controller. But that's how I like my pretzels. Sure. Man, I feel like we spent so much time confirming what we already knew. But now the people can see (laughs) the math. Um, Alex, let's get out of here as fast as possible. What is our one hit? Our one hit is called Let's Get Loose. And it came out a while ago that there are like questions you can ask to get closer with someone. Well, we're going to speed run those. We're already pretty close, but I want our audience to feel that closeness. So there's 36 questions. They're in three sets. I'm going to ask you one question from each set, 
and they're gonna get gradually more intimate and hopefully you feel loosey goosey, nice and vulnerable by the end of it. So before we started recording, Alex said that he had this segment and he felt like we had already done it before. And I said, we'll do it and you know, we'll find the consequences. Um, I realize now knowing what the segment actually is, the reason why it feels like we've done this before is we have, but it was just on our own time. We were just talking and we decided to do it for fun, like four yeah, years I, I'm ago. Like, I know we've done this before. That's why I felt like if we have done it, it was in the first 20 episodes. Like We did it a long time ago. Yeah, we, we, we did it like pre-pandemic even, I think. But that's why it feels familiar. Got you. All right. First question, set one. These are like basically icebreakers. Would you like to be famous? And if you would, in what way? The idea of fame. I forget. There's a quote that's like, you know, I want if somebody says I want to be famous, you know, say to them, try being rich first and see if that solves your problem. If you want to be rich and famous, try just being rich and see if you still need to be famous. And uh, I think a lot about that. Um, I think I, I, I definitely resonate with that more than like the idea of fame itself. Um, but there is something enticing about having like a Hank green level of fame or like, you know, that like pseudo internet. Certain people know you and if they know you, they love you, but most people don't know you. Exactly. Like, like you can have. 3 million followers on TikTok and be very productive and influential in your space, but you have a defined space. That's, I I think that kind of like stems back to my theater kid days where like most of the theater kids and the choir kids liked me and I liked that they liked me, but I did not need that likeness to extend into the entire student body. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair, man. I feel the need to answer these questions. It'd be weird if you didn't. Weird if I didn't, so I guess I will. <laughs> um, do I want to be f- Do I want to be famous? I'd rather be rich. I would much rather be exactly where I am right now. Wait, no, I, here's a better way to phrase it. I would much rather have 10 times what I have right now and maintain my level of infamy than be exactly where I'm at right now and be extremely famous. Or even a little bit famous. Even 10 times more famous than I am right now. Let's just say I'm popular in Southwest Michigan. I don't want that. Yeah. Um, so I'd much rather be rich. However, if I am famous, um, I I don't want to be famous. I want to be successful in entertainment, which means you are famous. But I love privacy. I like being able to go out in my pajamas and not worry about people recognizing me, saying hi to me. I get embarrassed when like people see me and I'm like, I haven't had a haircut in two weeks, three weeks. I know, like, I left to go get groceries. I haven't brushed my teeth this morning yet. I have to maintain a distance because I stink. I don't want to worry about that. I've seen enough pictures of me that I don't like. I don't want people taking pictures of me. So I would enjoy being famous because it would mean the things I enjoy doing would be more successful. Like, this podcast would be more successful if I was famous. But I do not want to be famous for famous sake. All right, I'm set too. What does friendship mean to you? To me, this is very simple. This is, I think maybe the the purest form of it is the kind of friendships that I prefer are the ones where conversation is ever present. Where like, I never have to be like, hey, I, I don't want to do any of the icebreakers. I want to be able to just be like, always be kind of picking up where we left off. And like, I know that if I text you a question after you've fallen asleep, I'm going to get a response in the morning and we're just going to carry on like normal. Like we don't have to like address that it's a different day now. Like, do you know what I'm getting yeah. at? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, there's just that... Cut flu- to the BS. Just, like, know that, hey, man, I know. You know? Yeah. Like, there's a fluidity to it that I think is yeah. super important. And so, while I don't need... That's not true. I do a little bit. Um, <laughs> While I prefer accessibility in friendship, it is not always a requirement, right? So... Yeah. Um, my favorite friendships are the ones that I can just, like be constantly texting about just like all the little brain offshoots that I have. Um, But it's not a requirement. It's just like the ability to have conversational fluidity would be the most scholarly way I would put it. Um, What does friendship mean to me? Um, What do I look for in a friend? I need someone who just always, we give each other the benefit of the doubt all the time. I need to trust that i'm gonna say some wild stuff that i think is funny or i'm I'm just thinking about and you can be and the other person can be like all right let me go to this place with you i know you are not the questions you ask i know you are not what you think is funny that would be crazy um i also don't firmly believe that you are what your actions are i think a lot of people don't have a choice in their actions if you're in a situation where you have to do things you don't want to do because you have to whatever that does not make you a bad person or, or not i think actions it comes down to intent there's a lot there i need someone we're just going to assume the best that we can be honest with each other um and if i don't want to be around you for a week because we just aren't vibing no one's feelings are going to get hurt we just like know that hey the other person needs a break or they got other stuff going on i don't i don't want to do the mental gymnastics in the back i just want to enjoy being around you, we can talk, we can do things together, and I don't want to be around you because I feel like I need to. Oh, I haven't talked to him in a while. I should do it. No, I'm be like, I want to. And while we're doing it, there's no judgment. We're just there because we enjoy being around each other. And that's what I like about it. like having friends. That's what friendship is to me. For sure. All right, Craig. Act three, getting deep. Our audience is going to learn something about us now. Um, there was another friendship question, but um, we just kind of had one. And it's not going to be about crying because everyone wants to know like when the last time you cried last. What I'm going to do is skip to the dying question, which is, if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to com- communicate with anyone, you just die, what would you most regret not having told someone? And why haven't you told them? I So this is for a specific person. I have a contingency plan. Bug has an envelope to open upon my death that reveals not reveals, but I that sets in motion various things that I have set up. Now, I understand this is a compound answer, but the answer is nothing. Yes. I have it prepared. I have it How prepared. Often? Here's the tricky thing though. I used to do that. When I was in high school, I thought I was going to die early. I said die early. I thought I was going to die around 27 to 29, late 20s. And I wrote notes to a bunch of my friends. Then I realized relationship changes often. And I was having to go back and update those letters. And I just stopped doing it. And I got rid of them. I'm like, I don't want to keep updating letters. How often, how often do you update this stuff? Because if you were to write something or have this final communication between me and you, that might look different now than it did four years ago. So have you had a system for that or what? Um, I have a system. I haven't needed it yet. <laughs> um, I mean, I am a very sentimental person and you know this. Right. And mm-hmm. I do not go very long without reminding the people that are important to me that they are important to me. Some might argue 
I do it too much. But I honestly feel like that if I were to die today, the people that I feel like would need to know have been told relatively recently. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Mine is tricky because my best friend is obviously my wife, but she knows me better than anyone. Right. But she knows me better than anyone. And the crazy thing is she's not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> if she did, she would just hear it, you know. Um, she knows me better than anyone. So I, a part of me feels like I don't need to tell her because she already knows. Ah, the saddest thing, and it might not even be that sad. It just sucks for, for me or for whoever dies is my kids are still young enough that they could forget what I was like when I was around. Yeah. It's, it's highly likely. I would be surprised if Willow remembers what I was like when she was like eight, seven or eight, like beginning, you know, second grade so and there's videos of us together but like she wouldn't remember it she would just be like i know my dad was a nice guy because i saw him as a nice guy but i don't know i don't remember what that feels like yeah so what would i regret i'd regret like not setting up like what you do messages for like hey you made it to 15 hey you made it to 14 so we can i can fake a relationship where she gives a message every year or every six months and she can at least have it one way where she's getting stuff from me yeah. But like if I died right now, my kids will not know who I am. They'll get money. They'll have Macy <laughs> to remind them. They'll have my family to remind them. They'll have pictures and they'll have videos, but they won't know. There'll be nothing there. They'll be able to listen to this podcast and be like, my dad was a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that would be my regret is like I don't have something set up where they just get continue to get stuff personalized from me about them or to them. Whoa, what a And that's bummer. Act three, bro. Anyway, loosen up, man. Yeah, you One feel hit, loose, audience. If it was a little hey, too, hey, do you d- walk away from this feeling <laughs> yeah. loose? Did we accomplish our mission? Uh, that's boys? a one hit. <laughs> if you loved it, that's very nice of you, but it's never coming back. And if you hated it, luckily enough, we probably won't talk about dying for any, uh, at least another couple of weeks. And if I've done my job right, maybe you didn't listen to much of it at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, All right, Craig. Let's do free balling, man. Let's. Do you want the obvious one first, or do you want the more niche one first? Let's do niche first, and I'll join you for the obvious one. I watched The Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld and Woody Harrelson. Mm -hmm. This movie is good. I mean, like, I think that Edge of Seventeen. It's a it's a coming of age movie where Haley Steinfeld is just this like rough around the edges, not like a delinquent but she's very emotionally detached she only has one friend and the discourse of the movie is her boyfriend sleeps with her best friend and they eventually start dating and so now she feels like she doesn't have anyone left in the world um her dad dies when she was six or when she was 13 he dies like of a heart attack while he's driving a car with her as a passenger and so and so the movie is like working through that trauma and um learning to like let new people in and in general it's a pretty by the numbers coming of age movie it's not bad it didn't change my world um Haley mm. Steinfeld is I love her she's great she's good in this um it is a character you've seen before um I think overall it's a good movie I would recommend other coming of age movies before I recommended this one. This is one of those movies that you probably prefer if you resonate with her character. So like, this is the kind of movie that I would recommend 
to someone who is 17 and currently in high school and needs to see a movie like this. So um, I think that this movie has a, like, you know, it's a message for everyone. Anyone can take something away from this, but I think it is specifically a movie for 17 year old people. And gosh, um, so me not being a 20, you know, me being, not a 17 year old. Um, I did not super resonate with this movie as it has its charm, but at the end of the day, like it, it's a movie. And so like, it's, it's a, a flat seven. I enjoyed my time with it. And, but I am walking away, you know, with not so much. Okay. I watched cloudy with a chance of meatballs. One of the best movies ever. This movie rules. And if you trash it, Alex, I'm going to have to rethink a lot of things. It's pretty good, man. I've seen it a bunch of times now. A bunch. I'm just watching. I watched it through with Willow. Um, I didn't know Bill Hader was the main guy. This movie's crazy. Like, I'm not even looking at the IMDb page, but I just know. It's like, it's Bill Hader, Anna Faris, Mr. T, um, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, what's his face? It plays his dad. It's like, it's crazy. It's nuts, dude. It's the, it's good, bro. Um. It's a cool. Con- I mean, it's obviously an outcast has to prove himself. Now he's valuable to the town. It's all very st- kind of tropey, but the story of food falling out of the sky is just cool to watch. Yeah, I don't care if the plot is tropey. The guy gets the girl in the end. All that stuff. My, I lost a parent, and my dad's emotionally unavailable. All that stuff is very stereotypical. But it's the comedy is there, and visually, it's just stuff you've never seen before. You don't see mutating food you don't see wild crazy experiments when stuff is falling out of the sky you don't see a super obese mayor who's losing his mind it's definitely psychopathic you don't want see like an emotionally stunted mascot for the town in a diaper very often all this stuff is just like this is the first time i'm seeing it it's it's just so cool to watch what looks like you would dream like you would literally have in the middle of the night and then you'd wake up and not remember it seeing that on screen and the dialogue is dope. The characters are sick. Uh, it's a good movie, dude. I'm, I would 100% watch this again just in a couple of years when I when Willa doesn't remember watching it. We have to re-experience all these movies. Yeah. Um, I think movie. this is like, this formed a lot of my comedy as a kid. And like, it is probably like the best quirky movie you will see. It is a very quirky movie huh. and it just does it really well. It's great dude it's a great movie um let me give it a 7.75 yeah eight out of ten as far as animated made for families or kids it's fantastic great movie i oh this makes sense they also the writers for that movie would also go on to write you know the lego movie i feel like once you write this movie they're like oh you can do whatever you want yeah pretty much um, printing money. The other movie that I watched was Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, no spoilers in this review. I feel weird whenever I do like a very recent release for Freeballin because like I'm gonna parrot a lot of what you've already heard. This is like it's the best Marvel movie in a while. Yes, it is. You know, th- it's funny and everyone's really good in it. Yes, of course. Here's what I'm going to say about it. I have been very vocal about the characters of Guardians of the Galaxy that I do not like. I do not like Drax. I don't like his bit. The bit that he does is not very funny. I don't Mm -hmm. like Sean Gunn, really. 
just like in general. And this movie does a really good job at letting all the characters, even the ones that I don't like, give them really cool moments that I respect and appreciate a lot. And that is a feat that is difficult to do with an ensemble cast, especially an ensemble that grew as quickly as Guardians does. Guardians has like nine people it needs to juggle, um, right. but it does all of them very eloquently. Um, this movie is two and a half hours and it feels like it. Um, this movie okay. has lots of flashbacks. I don't like flashbacks. Um, and so if that's a thing that you also don't like, I would say prepare for it. Um, okay. But the flashbacks pay off in the end, so it's worth it. It's just in the moment, I did not like watching all these flashbacks. Um, overall, like, it really is. It's the best Marvel movie I've seen in a long time. It's the best Chris Pratt movie probably since the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, like, <laughs> okay. I, I am walking away from this incredibly satisfied. And if other people watch this movie and think this might be the last Marvel, this might be the last good Marvel movie, I'm okay with tapping out now. I don't disagree. Okay. So th this is the this is the tagline I'll say. If you are burnt out on MCU stuff, make this your last MCU movie. Um so it probably sits at again that like 7.75 range. Nice. I watched Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs too. Yeah, you did. Mm. This movie's not good. <laughs> <laughs> This movie is not. It's about, because I know most people haven't seen it for good reason, a man who, I'm spoiling it, by the way, I'm going to spoil it, most of you, I'm, by the end of the review, hopefully you don't want to watch it, um, there is an idol that Flint has looked up to since childhood, that's not referenced at all during the first movie, um, who's just like, he takes inventors under his wing and then uses their inventions for his company, and it's just innovation, and the whole thing. Very and Tony he Stark. Loves very Tony Stark. It's um and he's like a next level genius. And Flynn has idolized him and he the genius falls in love with the Flynn Defer. The Flitzim Defer. Flitzim Defer. Um and falls in love with it and says, Hey Flint, I need you. And he's using Flint because he wants it to create granola bars like a bar protein bar thing um and he could make it rain from the sky it mutates whatever however when the last movie left off it has been mutating and the food got bigger and bigger and bigger now it's becoming sentient there is a hamburger spider there are uh marshmallows that live and breathe same thing with strawberries that live and breathe um all food is sentient the world is just alive and people have abandoned the island because it's too dangerous to live there. And now Flynn has to go back and find the machines because he's being taken care of by this genius. Um, It's Jurassic Park 2, but with food. It's not good. It feels like a spinoff with half the budget, a money grab. This feels like season eight of Scrubs. This feels like taking advantage of a good thing and just trying to squeeze stuff out of it. Um. It's, dude, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so, also, you know, it's bad when they're like, who are the characters people like in the first movie? Let's just pull them out of their environment and put them on a team. Also, it does not work like that. Um, just for the record, it was season nine of Scrubs. Um, season nine of Scrubs. It's just like just taking the characters, it's fan sourced, the fans liked, let's pull them out and 
put them on a team, even though they have very little compatibility, and most of them didn't even interact with each other in the first movie. So. Um, it's not good. I have not seen this movie as much as I have seen the first one. I've probably only seen it like two or three times. Um, You've only seen the second one two or three times? You watched the second one two or three times? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the heck? I'm never watching it again. So I have fond memories of this movie. Um, I understand why it might not be as good. And I understand that everything that you say about it could very well be correct. I am not trying to disagree with you. Um, However, this movie does introduce maybe my favorite character of all time, which is Barry the Strawberry. I don't (laughs) I, I could watch 45 minutes of just him. And I'm like, if you like cute food. Or just adorable things, you'd be a big fan of Barry. But I definitely understand, like, um, do you remember in Madagascar 2 when Alex meets his dad and they were like, yeah. I know that we're family because we have the same birthmark. And then you look back and you watch the first Madagascar and Alex just doesn't have a birthmark on his hands. Same yeah. vibes. Complete. It's all fabricated, dude. They like put this guy's poster on the wall, and you go back and you're like, "That poster was not on the wall. He was not your idol in the first one. You did not talk about him at all." And what's wild is this movie came out four years after the first one. They had time to let this script kind of, you know, think around a little bit. Yeah, it just makes me sad, man. It's a bummer. Makes me sad. I knew it. To be honest, I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, But, you know, watched it with Willow. So (laughs) I'm sure there'll be more movies to talk about. All right. Next week, we are continuing in Spielberg spring. We are watching the Robin Williams classic. Hook. Again, an- another movie that I probably should have watched 15 years ago. But that's what this podcast is for, is making up for movies that I should have watched a while ago. Um, Anything else, Alex? Nope. All right. That's it. Uh, until next week, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And this is Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, you're wonderful. You don't say my mom's name like that. Don't, the- <laughs> no, I, I I usually just call her mom, but I needed to make sure that she knew I was talking about her because she's the only she's the only one of my moms that listens to this. So okay. Also, uh, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.